Welcome to the Run Uni podcast. Today on the show, we're going to be talking about the importance of the warm-up. And who better to talk about it with than Susanna Gill. In 2019, Susanna broke the world record for doing seven marathons in seven days on seven continents. Now, you don't complete such an event without putting an incredible amount of work in. But you don't win and break records unless your body feels good on every race right from the start. How? By warming up effectively. Now warming up is something that every runner knows that they should do. Many say they do it, but most people half-ass it or really don't do it at all. The problem is that not warming up is one of the three big reasons for injury and poor performance, along with technique and training mistakes. We've all had days when we don't feel particularly Olympic. More often than not, an effective warm-up will get you there fast. The upside is that it's real low-hanging fruit. It can be simple, quick, but incredibly effective. One must only be conscientious and get it done before every single run. Susanna is a fascinating person, and she outlines her training and experiences of doing the World Marathon Challenge in her book, Running Around the World. A big topic in the book is the warm-up routine, which undeniably helped her set the record with an average marathon time of 3 hours 28 over the 7 days. She even managed a sub 4 hour marathon in Antarctica on snow and ice and had a best time of 3.11.49 on day 5 in Madrid in Spain. Unbelievable achievement, unbelievable woman. Um, so yeah, listen in and hopefully it will make you think a little bit more um, clearly and more focused about getting a warm-up routine added every time you run. This episode is sponsored by the Running School Austria Balance Beams. Running is 100% a single leg activity, so having badass balance is of vital importance to staying injury-free, strong and fast. Check out www.runningschool.at forward slash shop for more information. Welcome, Susanna. Thank you for joining us on the, the Run Austria podcast. How are you today? Yeah, all good, thank you. We're um, we're back to normal temperatures in the UK, so better for running. Yeah. Well, not, not, the sun hasn't been lovely, but it's it's been a bit much. Yeah, I tried I try to, try to, I tried a 10K run in Vienna on last Wednesday, and it yeah, was very quickly turned into a 7.5K run, a plod rather than a run, so it was pretty hot. It's still hot yeah. here. Um, but I think uh, I think tomorrow we start getting cooler. How hot did it get with you guys? It got up to, um, on the hottest day, it was 40 degrees, but we mm-hmm. only had two really hot days. But I did do two kind of long runs at the weekend when it was up in the sort of mid-30s. And I probably didn't get out early enough, which is my fault. So yeah. after a couple of hours, yeah, I was a bit, bit dehydrated, but recovered all right. Good. Now, we've, we've been lucky. We haven't got up to the high near 40, I think 35, 36, maybe. Uh, but yeah, I stayed by the pool those days. <laughs> There's no chance of me running. No chance of me running in those temperatures. Um, yeah, so thank you very much for joining us uh, or joining me on the podcast. So today, um, the main theme of the podcast is on a warm up um, or warming up properly and effectively. I know from reading um, Susanna's book that it was a big part of her um, accomplishing her world record feat of seven marathons on seven continents in seven days with an average time of, let me know, it was 
Three hours, 28. I can help you out there. Yeah. And what was your fastest one? Uh, fastest time was 3.11 in Madrid, race five. Good grief. Yeah, 3.11. I'd be, I'd be delighted with running 3.11 these days. Yeah. <laughs> So unbelievable, and you you know you're not gonna you're not gonna run. You could maybe run one marathon with a without a good warm up, but to run seven yeah. marathons in seven days without an effective warm up um, is would be some feat. Um, so this is why I want to specifically talk yeah. um, about that, um, particularly because it is a big problem for for me. I, I work with runners daily um and they come in with a variety of complaints and i think you know the one of the first questions i ask is do you warm up a lot say no some say yes i say what do you do and they say i jog um, or i do a few stretches so it's a very it's an inefficient way to warm up um so we're going to come back to that um but first I would like our listeners to just learn a little bit more about, about Susanna. So as we know, she is a world record holder for the, for the seven marathons and seven continents in seven dates, which is unbelievable. Um, how did you and when did you decide to do that? <laughs> First, let's start there. Um, well, I'm a, I mean, I was just someone that wanted to run the London Marathon, um, which I think is a very common theme um particularly for those of us in the UK I'd got out of university kind of moved to London was working and just thought I have to I have to run the London Marathon um that was back when I was 24 so I'm now 37 so it was a fair time ago uh and then ran that and I actually ran 3.34 in that um and so I thought well that's just so close to 3.30 I've got to have a have a crack at 3.30 that's sort of a bit of a benchmark isn't it for Mm. marathon um and then for various reasons I kept messing up when I went to Berlin I messed it up and then um everything kind of it took me basically 18 months and about another three or four marathons to break 3.30 and get down to 3.28 in Amsterdam and by the time I'd done that I was just addicted to running I was addicted to the the feedback process you get where when you start and you're sort of I mean I was probably averagely fit Um, but going from there to your, your rate of improvement when you start, I find was just phenomenal. And then once I actually took me, although it took me three or four times to break 3.30, once I did that, my times just went down and down and down and down to the point I was running under three hours, which was just a time I never, ever thought I could do because I'm not built to, Mm -hmm. you wouldn't look at me and think I'm a marathon runner um, at all. But I just, I, and I love the, I love the mental side of it. I love the challenge that you that every single marathon is a challenge. It doesn't matter how many you've run or indeed actually how fast you're doing them. They're all tough and they all take you to a place where I think every marathon you do, you kind of come out 1% stronger yeah. and knowing a bit more about yourself. And you have the days, I remember the first time I went under three hours in the London Marathon, it was like probably the best paced marathon I've ever run. And it just blew me away that I could do that. Mm-hmm. And then you've had other days where you've had to really battle to get around in three hours 20. And it's interesting Kind of what the what the mental and physical differences yeah, are on those days. A, there must be always a story that you've, you've yeah. Been that sometimes that. you know what they are, and sometimes you don't. You know, um, so I just love the fact that every marathon's different. Every single one of them is a challenge. You're with other people as well. I mean, I have, I don't know about you, I have yet to meet an arrogant runner because mm-hmm. we've all been injured. 
Uh, we've all fallen over and always in front of other people, which makes you feel like you're such a fool. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just all have, you know, but we're all incredibly enthusiastic. And you, yeah, so you just, you don't seem to meet people in running who just think they're the bee's knees. We're all just kind of getting on with it and really enjoying it, whether you're running road marathons, doing park runs, going for ultras. I mean, I know three people that have just run across America, like people that just do phenomenal stuff, but we're all at the end of the day, just runners. Yeah. I love that. And I love the fact that I've sort of been part of that for the best part of a decade and a half now. Yeah, um, I, I, I felt that when, because I was a rugby player initially, um, initially, not for a long time. Um, and I got, I got into running um, as through physio, the physio for many years. I still am. Um, but I got into running via my own injuries and then meeting Mike at the running school in London and the, him teaching me how to run and then starting this way. So I've got a different way in, but I I thought to see runners previously, I thought runners were not arrogant, but I thought they were a bit standoffish and things. And um, with me, is maybe it was because I was a physio. But once I just once you start running with them, it's a completely different, completely different story. Um, yeah. I mean, you still get. I mean, running, running. I guess is like everything. You still get people who have all the latest gear, and I'm always the person that absolutely doesn't. Yeah. I love, I love my running. My favorite running kit is the stuff I've had for years. You know, it pains me to have to buy a new running kit. <laughs> um, I've had. I wear the same Asics Triper chainers that I've worn for years. So yeah, you always get. You know, you think, God, those people look cool. But at the end of the day, we are all still just putting one foot in front of another. Exactly. And we all, I say, I think what humbles us is we do all get injured and we do all fall over. And mm-hmm. those are just deep, those are things that just come with running, like. And mm-hmm. you know, one of the joys of the running school is you do minimise your chance of both of those things happening. Um, which is why I have been a devoted uh, yeah. attendee for the last five years. Yeah. And so, um, what led you to reach out to Mike, or, or how did you how did you come across the running school? Um, in 2016, when I broke the three-hour barrier for London for the first time. In my jubilation of feeling fantastic that I'd run my fastest ever race, I also realised within about a minute of crossing the finish line that I couldn't actually bend my right knee. Even through all of those lovely endorphins that you get after a good run, Mm -hmm. it hurt. And I was like, this is is not a great sign. I remember having to sit on the floor to get my tracky bums back on because I literally couldn't bend my leg. Really um anyway I thought oh well, you know it'll fix itself everything does <laughs> after two or three weeks I mean I kept trying to go back out for a run and within half a mile I had to stop it was so painful it was like shooting pains in my knee yeah. anyway cut a very long and boring story short it was that I had damaged the cartilage in my knee and the bits of cartilage that had broken off were floating around kind of like eggshells mm-hmm. and when yeah. they were getting stuck in my knee it was obviously very painful yeah so the, some days it would be more painful than others, but it basically meant I couldn't run. So I had keyhole surgery the following year. Mm-hmm. And I came back running. I went to uh, I went to Athens and ran the Athens Marathon at the end of 2017, which is a fantastic race. Um, but realised that, I mean, I remember getting cramp in my right leg at that point uh, and realising that, yes, things were not, things were not right. Um, and so... Yeah, I was like, right, I know there's a problem, but how do I fix this? And I just saw an advert for the running school and thought, well, I better give this a go. You know, yeah. what's the worst that can happen? And I turned up and just, yeah, probably in the space of those six sessions that you do when you turn up for the initial assessment and and coaching, yeah, just changed my outlook on running completely. And they, they were quite funny because the team, I think it was Nick, so Mike's son who first 
first looked and first videoed me. And they basically couldn't believe I could run three hour a three hour marathon with my really? technique. <laughs> I, I remember thinking, maybe that's just how I run. And they, I was like, Do you think there's anything you can do to improve me? And they were like, Yeah, just a few mm. things. First of all, get you upright. Then we'll actually get you using your glutes and hamstrings. Then we're gonna get you to stop crossing your feet over so you don't trip yourself up all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so no, that whole, just, got, it was just eye-opening i've got a gentleman like that at the moment uh you know if you see him run on the treadmill you know it's go, the treadmill's going 15 kilometers an hour so that's that's a it's a good fast pace yeah very and good. it looks so slow and it looks so hard on the treadmill and he's sweating and i'm like and yeah he's he's up to doing like a three-hour marathon i'm like how is this possible <laughs> the human body is amazing <laughs> yeah um, yeah, it sure is. And did you, after your analysis on the first day, did you, was there like an aha moment or, or did you, was there like, this is why it's sore or, or was it just the general movement that was just pounding that knee? Um, I think it was at the end of the six sessions. I mean, it's very obvious that you can, you, I could see the difference. Yeah. I think the aha moment came actually in subsequent months mm -hmm. when I started to run marathons. And I mean, I'd lo I loved running marathons for years and years before I came to running school, but I would be so sore the next day. I mean, I was like that comedy person who couldn't walk down an escalator. Mm -hmm. You know, it was everything hurt. It turns out probably everything hurt except my glutes and hamstrings because everything else was working too hard. And um, I just thought that was the price you paid for running marathons, mm -hmm. you know, that everything hurt that much. And then suddenly I sort of realized that actually you could run and don't get me wrong. You ache the next day, like you should ache. It's hard work, but you're, you know, your hips and your knees should, yeah. uh, it should be all in your glutes and hamstrings. And so that was the moment I thought, ah, now I get why this is working. Cause actually all the bits of my body that should be aching are aching and all the bits that aren't. Yeah. yeah, that shouldn't ache. Or now I can actually skeleton, the skeleton shouldn't ache after running. <laughs> no, yeah, your joints absolutely. Whereas I used to go through just yeah, I was yeah, just walking yeah. was painful. I was yeah, again, I, I did a I've never done a marathon. I don't know, I don't know if I ever will, but I would only do it if I knew I could be aiming to a 330, because I just know if I run slowly just uh, my body doesn't like it um i ran i did a half marathon as part of a um triathlon just last month and the most not impressive i was most pleased with not my time not with with doing the the triathlon not with getting back from being injured for three years i was so pleased the two days afterwards all i could feel was my glutes and hamstrings like tightness like no pain, no calf pain, which was which was wonderful. And I was just I was remembering in your book when you when you are you're you're constantly scanning your body during the marathon, after the marathon, doing the warm ups. What do I feel? Do my legs feel all right? Do do I feel my glutes, my hamstrings? Yes. Do they feel feel the same? And I was like, ah, yes. It just it's a it's a lovely feeling to have that the the correct bit of you. Really about once your glutes and hamstrings ache, they can only really get so bad. They mm -hmm. stay the same for a long time. Yeah. Whereas if you get your joints or your smaller muscles hurting, you know, you can get them to a point where you really can't. It's really yeah. uncomfortable. Yeah. Whereas your glutes can just take it. They're meant to do the hard work. That's what they're built for. Yeah. It's only my life that we're, we're, we know we're not using them properly. 
So you think even though they're eking, you're like, well, actually, if I keep going, they're going to stay the same. Yeah. Um, and that's a massive confidence when you know you're running, you're using the right technique. Mm. Everything that's aching is aching, but it all feels very under control. Yeah, well, that's good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, excellent. So let's get into the warm-up um, section. So like I said, it's, it's, a, it's a massive not a massive problem. It's a problem that a lot of people have that they just don't warm up effectively. Um, and they get injured or feel pains that they don't necessarily need to feel and or their performance is, is, is poor. So um, they, so I think it's fair to acknowledge it. I can see why people warm up badly or don't warm up. Oh yeah. Because if you don't know why you're warming up, it can seem a bit pointless and a bit boring. And we all know that if you want to go for a run because you're a runner, you like running. Mm-hmm. So anything that isn't running and that feels a bit pointless, yeah. you're like, I just won't bother doing that. So yeah. I think the I think if we can get into, you know, what is the purpose of a warm-up and why you're doing it, then people will stick with it because you'll yeah. know, you know, why are you bothering to spend that 10 minutes doing something that isn't running before you get to go and do the thing you actually want to go and do. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and I, I definitely didn't know that before I, you know, had a proper warm up routine. Mm-hmm. Um, I now use religiously. Yeah. So yeah, if you'd like to explain like a little bit about why, that would be wonderful. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, I really, I mean, I've always kind of warmed up well, but it really became a really important thing that Mike and I discussed when I was running my seven marathons on seven continents, seven days, because knowing that obviously you were running such vast distances very close together and you were going to be on road for nearly all of them apart from Antarctica where I was on snow so it's going to be quite a lot of pounding running and um you know you well it's like every every between every run was going to be a plane journey yeah. which was going to be impossible not to get stiff you know you sat down for hours at a time which you needed to do you needed to rest and sleep and ease but I knew I was going to get off the plane um feeling stiff and it was one of the points Mike really hammered home to me it was like you are you know you this is so important because if you don't get your body temperature up you don't get your muscles moving properly before the next race you're going to get injured Mm -hmm. Uh, so it was one of the things that was very early on along with the sort of mental side of how you know how are you going to keep yourself going what's you know how are you going to know what to say to yourself when things are tough was this is what we're going to do for a Mm warm-up and so I've got it's actually in my book but there's a couple of pages of what I do but my every time of every week when I came in to check in for a training session Mike would take me through another couple of exercises that were good for a Mm warm-up so that then I built my own warm-up routine because the other thing is every one of us is built differently we'll all have muscles that are sort of stronger or weaker Mm -hmm. and we'll know yeah, so exactly what my warm-up routine is wouldn't be necessarily exactly what your warm-up routine is. They might be like 90% the same, but you might want to do things slightly differently. So Mike was so clever in that he was gave me lots of exercises, but it was me that actually okay. put together as based on what I knew I was going to need. And, and obviously I practiced it lots in all the prep races that I did, like what worked really well. And okay. I remember actually how, I mean, how effective it was before we go into what I did. I mean, I remember getting off the plane after the second marathon. So we'd done Antarctica and Cape Town pretty close together, then had a long flight to Perth. And I got off the plane in Australia and I thought, God, I feel tired for the first time because I'd kind of bounced through the first two quite quickly. And everything feels really stiff. 
and we were running at night and I remember going off for Walmart just thinking right I'm gonna have to wake myself up here did 10 good 10 15 minutes of my warm-up came back feeling great and this is this is how successful it was I finished that marathon less tired than I started it that's that's how fit Mike had got me and how effective my warm-up was that I got myself to a place where the body just warmed up and I finished it yeah and felt better on the finish line than I did on the start line yeah so that's how effective these things can be if you if you really Sure. Want to make yeah i mean i i i'm getting back like i said i'm getting back into running a lot more so my warm-up is evolving but one of the things i always find effective for me is just the basic dms fast feet for some reason it's just i feel horrible if i don't not horrible i feel lethargic and slow if i don't if i don't do that and when, when i as soon as i just do a couple of rounds easy not fast I just I feel feel way better. So for me, it's that that foot, that foot placement, that fast feet uh, position works incredibly well. Was there any specific that you did? Did you change it? Did One you of the things, feeling or um, the, the big thing Mike got me doing, um, which I hadn't done since I was at school, if I'm honest, is skipping. Yeah. So my re- my warm up routine starts with skipping and swinging my arms forward over my head and then backwards and then across my body, mm-hmm. and like I mean, I, if I'm if I'm being disciplined and doing it properly, I do a good three or four minutes of that, so you you get your heart rate up. Mm-hmm. It's a bit like DMS in that you're you've got to be light on your yeah. feet and bouncing off your feet, so you wake everything up, mm-hmm. and you also mentally get a chance to kind of get your brain zinging along and thinking yeah. right, start. And then I've got various other stretches, but the skipping, yeah. yeah is, is really important I kind of I go into a slight kind of mental trance doing it because your body because I've done it so many times it is part of the mental warm-up as well as the physical warm-up and mm-hmm. so I, had, I hadn't skipped since I was at school I thought I think I'd looked at mine probably a bit oddly when he first mentioned it well I, I give the same to a lot of my runners and yeah everybody looks the same nobody wants to skip no but it's so good it gets yeah. you like it's just light on your feet and you just yeah and it's also a, a great uh, indicator of coordination as well it's, uh, with between oh, yeah the, and when your legs are legs. and they are heavy mm-hmm. you re- the first minute of doing it is hard work mm-hmm. really hard work um but it does all come if you just keep going yeah um excellent um and so as an elite athlete you're a world record holder so definitely elite um <laughs> um you know, it's it's vitally you know, for you. It's vitally important for that for that seven days, and you you say you do it every time this time. Did you see? I know you mentioned in the book. Did you see the others warming up? You know, the or do um, specific drills or or. I think I was so in my own zone. I'm trying to think what I noticed other people doing. I think, yeah, people did go and do warm ups. Love people love doing a squat, which is a great thing. Yeah. But, Lots of us do squats quite badly. I yeah. probably always put myself in that category. So yeah, a bit of squatting, lunging. People mm-hmm. love a lunge, don't they? Yeah. Um, so yeah, people did do a few things, but I don't. I don't. I wasn't. But maybe, maybe this is just because I was in my own zone, getting myself ready. I didn't notice anyone else going off for fifteen minutes by themselves yeah. to go and warm up religiously like I, like I did. Um, they obviously hadn't had it drummed into them. Yeah. Um, and some people were, you know, some people who were who were the slower runners definitely didn't do as much warming up at all. Yeah. Um, they seemed happy to sort of use the first mile to warm up, whereas 
I wanted to be racing by that point. Yeah, and that, yeah, and that's a lot of a lot of people say that. Oh, I don't get going until second kilometer, second mile, some the sixth mile. I'm like, what? That's 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 you warming up. <laughs> You're wasting time. Um, excellent. So, are you are you still working in the city or as in you know? In yeah, I'm still I'm still in London most weeks, and I very much try and go to the running school every week. I've got yeah. my Friday morning session this week, and I really did the other day because I was on holiday and, and bits and bobs. I didn't go for about a month. Mm-hmm. And my word, I had got rusty. Oh, really? Um, yeah, my technique had got rusty. Everything had. Mm-hmm. And mentally as well, like when when I was doing, I was on the treadmill doing the twenty second bursts. Yeah, and and the team were, t- were telling me the same things I've heard hundreds of times before. Get the cycle up, mm-hmm. you know, stretch off the hips, all the usual things I have to do. But yeah, the brain was just finding it hard work because I hadn't done it for a month, and that's five years in. Yeah. So I find it odd when people say to me, "I can't believe you're going for a running, you know, running lesson. What do you need to know about running?" But as if you learn it, and then you then it's banked for life it's not that simple you've got to keep working on it and keep keep learning all the time and refreshing yourself and I love well, the other thing I love it I might do this the other day gave, gave me an exercise I've never done before mm. I kind of think I must have done most of things by now haven't I there can't be too much that I haven't done no there'll, there'll be a, you know a new upper body stretch or something that I just you know or, or a combination of using you know dumbbells or something on the hamstrings that I just haven't thought of ever doing before and it's unbelievably effective at mobilizing whichever muscle group you're working on so yeah I still love it it's still a learning process the whole time and so so as a as an office worker um you know I don't see so much here but definitely back in the UK when I was there people going for that hour of power at lunchtime um really missing out on that warm-up and it yeah it's it's a, it's a difficult one because I know people want to run but I, I would say that's when the damage is done. You've been sitting for three, four hours already. You're trying to yeah. get, get running for an hour or four or five minutes or so, and then go back and sit again. Um, and I think people don't really realize how, how good it is for your body, your conditioning to, to warm up and then effectively cool down. Um, yeah, I agree, because you demobilize everything while you're sat down. Exactly. You get terrible posture, which we're all guilty of. Yeah. Um, yeah, and the other thing I find, I, I mean, I just try and use modern life to, to get fit. Like, if it's not, you know, if it's not, if I'm not going up more than two flights of stairs, just mm-hmm. take the stairs, because it's just a great way, as we all know from step-ups, carrying mm-hmm. one, that's a great way of mobilizing your glutes and hamstrings i'm all i'm one of those people that always trots up the escalator even if it's a hot day and i don't really want to do it because actually i think well that's probably 40 step ups that i'm just about to do so there's so many ways of keeping your body moving and active and yet we get everyone stands on the escalator we all sit down too long Mm -hmm. and we wonder why we then get injured when we as you say we suddenly get up to a burst of exercise you'd be better to do a shorter run Mm -hmm. exactly yeah up on a decent five minute cool down yeah and and having a having a set warm-up because i think i think a big problem for for runners is that a warm-up is a bit eerie fairy loosey-goosey let's just do a few of these a few leg swings but i think if you have a set routine like you obviously have whether it's perfect whether it's set out by uh by a specialist like mike or it's just something that you do every time i think it should be that should be part of always part of your routine just take you know i think I remember mike saying you know seven eight minutes 
you know, minimum. You can get yourself really warmed up nicely in seven, eight minutes. Um, and, you know, and then you're still doing exercise in that time. It's not, you don't miss out on, on, on the, the burn or, or, or the effects of your exercise because you are still exercising. And that's, that's mm -hmm. one thing people, you know, it's running or nothing. It's like you can do other things too, which are going to help you more than, more than hinder you. Um, that's, that's, that's a major, major issue that we have um, for, for, for runners is, is, is warming up. Um, or not do you think we're not. Do, why do why do you think we're so bad at this? Do you think we're not taught about it at school? I don't. I think it just doesn't. People have not enough time for one thing, but also I think people don't really understand why they need to warm up. I, you know, I've read, been taught many scientific things about about how and why we warm up in terms of circulation. And you know, one of the best things I ever heard, and it was. I can't even remember who said it. He just said, there's not enough blood in our bodies. Okay, if we had enough blood in our bodies to the brain to function, for our digestive system to function, all our muscles to function, we would weigh about a ton. Because, so there's yeah. only a certain amount of blood. So you need to warm your, your body up to re remind your body, oh, right, we need to send blood to these muscles to do these movements and, and to warm up these joints. Because that's what we're, what we're about to do. And that takes seven, eight, nine minutes. And I was like, oh, and that's what I say to all my clients. It's like, there's not enough blood in your body. So you got to get it, remind well, your body where it needs to go. I mean, I, yeah, I think that's quite linked with runners high as well. Because obviously when you're running, mm -hmm. particularly running hard and doing quite long distances or anything very intense, you, you get that lovely brain kind of freedom. And I think it's just because you've got less blood going to your brain. Because at that point, your body's prioritizing sending it to the rest of your body. Yeah. You get that lovely sort of feeling of just not caring about anything in the world. <laughs> Apart from your gluten hamstrings. <laughs> so yeah, it makes sense. I like that idea. No, it is. It's uh, and for me, it makes it very simple. There's less. There's less science about what exactly is happening. It's just you need to get it. You need to get the the oxygen, the nutrients where where they need to go, uh, yeah. where they need to be for the next hour or two hours where you where you're going, and whatever that involves, we you do that um excellent when did you decide to when did you decide to to write the book was that always in the offing or not at all I was very much focused on just just running the seven marathons and enjoying world marathon challenge but near the end of my training mm -hmm. it sort of dawned on me maybe for two reasons one because I'd learned so much along the way with Mike and kind of thought well actually it's a waste not to share the expertise and um insights that I've, I've learned but also that there's very few books by women about marathons and ultra runners com running compared to men yeah. so i just thought i probably should address that balance by one <laughs> yeah. No, um yeah actually it was quite a good without without mike probably motivating and agreeing that it was a good idea i'm not sure if i got around to it but it was quite fun in the end well that's how i remember it anyway <laughs> like for me it was a fascinating like insight into what goes into um trying to do such a thing um just seeing the amount of running you were doing and to see the amount of um the test runs i not the test runs the 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 race runs that you did um you know seeing how you were you were trying to kind of schedule all those those, those runs in was was incredible to see yeah i mean everyone's different no you know if mike was going to work with anyone else <clears throat> to do that challenge again 
mm-hmm. it would be a slightly different training program yeah. i'm someone that needs i don't i don't think i naturally carry that much fitness mm-hmm. so i can do lots of miles yeah and get it that way whereas someone else might have found my training program a bit too intense yeah, but the more yeah. intervals I did and the more races I did, the better I got. So it's like, right, I better keep going to the racetrack. <laughs> yeah, go there. <laughs> um, and was Mike on board with the, with the book? Um, yeah, very much so. Yeah. Yeah, no, he, he thought it was a good idea and he obviously contributed to it. It's all of yeah. his expertise that are in it. So, yeah, fantastic. It was, it was part of it kind of it was a nice way to round off all the work we'd done together and it really was teamwork to write the book and say right okay job done and did you have a training diary or do you write a diary that you yeah right at the beginning i don't know if mike had the idea about was had, had the idea about the book before i did yeah but right um right at the beginning he said you know what you're going to do in taking on this challenge is very special and you know 99.99 percent of people will never do something like this so mm-hmm you should you should you know remember it and write down diaries but also what became very apparent very quickly was writing a diary was such a brilliant way of kind of closing the page on a day so if you've done a really rubbish day and a tough training session mm-hmm. at least i could jot that down write down some of the metrics but also just write down yeah that was rubbish and then move on to the next day and equally it was really good fun if i'd had a really good training day and like done the best interval that I've ever done or whatever it was all just done a race that went really well the first weekend when I did back to back a marathon and a half marathon which I've never done before kind of marking those occasions and, in, and celebrating them a bit before moving on mm-hmm. so yeah um it was great fun I haven't obviously reread them for a while actually I can go I can do that when I'm an old lady yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so just going back to a point that you said about you know 99.9 percent people are never going to never going to do an attempt something that you've done but marathons in general like you said are incredibly hard each each one is a story in itself do you think that do you think that the gloss has been taken off the fact that someone does a marathon by the fact that so many people do marathons so you know people think oh yeah they're running a marathon today that's not like when as a marathon you know is a massive undertaking to do to do well um, I, I think there's still a lot of respect for the marathon and i get very cross if someone ever if a non-marathon runner ever refers to someone as like oh well, they they only ran it in you know five yeah, hours this is what I, mean, yeah. I get really cross because you know everyone is run a marathon is part of the marathon club and actually if you take longer sometimes that's harder for sure out on the road for longer you are probably if you're in bad weather for longer mm-hmm. and you know, it doesn't mean that anyone's putting in any less effort so yeah if a, if a non-marathon runner ever dares to sort of pass comment on a marathon runner's time I'll, i i leap to the defense of everyone that's run a marathon because it is tough yeah i, um, I remember I said, a half marathon years ago when i was when i was playing rugby and i was very unfit and i was actually using the half marathon to help me get fit for the, for the next season and i think it took me two hours two minutes which is you know not fast but I was I tried my damnedest <laughs> yeah. um, and I think I lost a couple of a stone and a half at least in the training and yeah. and um, I remember one of the old old rugby guys saying two hours two minutes and he was just a bit degrading to my effort I was like oh that's not very nice yeah but I think because you know a lot of people do these things now and it's it's um like half marathons one thing a marathon another thing it's 
And then what you've gone and done is was just, I can't get my head around it. What you physically, one, what you need to be able to do physically, but then again, mentally, um, to, to be able to, to stay positive. Um, yeah, the funny, the funny thing is the actual week itself was the easy bit because I had done yeah. five months of really solid training on a base of about 10 years of running. Yeah. During that week, it was fine because you get the adulation of people going, wow, she's doing really well. And, and, you know, everyone's talking about social media and there was so much press coverage and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I got the bit that gives me the kind of greatest satisfaction a couple of years on is actually those months of training I did quietly by myself with Mike, with the running school team. Because no one pats you on the back on a Tuesday evening when you've just nailed your best interval session ever. Yeah. And you're so tired, you feel like a zombie by the time you get home and you've still got some work to do. You've still got to shower, you've still got to eat. You've got to get into bed and then do the same thing again tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Like no one's there to motivate you then. You have to do all that bit yourself. Mm-hmm. That's the bit. If I'm proud of something or I get satisfaction, it's those months of, of doing that. The, the glamorous week itself of, of flying and racing and everyone going, isn't that great? You ran those marathons. It's like, oh, that's fine. But that was very much the end product mm-hmm. of lots yeah. of hard work. And that's what I think people forget. And again, why every marathon runner deserves respect because whatever time you're running, you have put in those weeks and months of hard work mm-hmm. um, and you've squeezed it into family time, into work time, whatever it is that you've you know you've had to do. You will have been injured. You'll have been tired. Mm-hmm. You'll have been out in the rain, the sun. <laughs> We've all had those days. Um, you just think, I really don't want to do this. Or rather, I don't mind going out for a run. I'll happily go out for an hour, but I don't want to go out for three hours. But that's what you have to do you know, when you're marathon training. So... It's why I have just huge respect for everyone that ticks that marathon box. Yeah, no, and it's, and it's <laughs> sad to say as a, as a running technique specialist, but that's probably the re- one of the big reasons I haven't run a marathon or attempted or thought about it running marathon since is because exactly what you just said, that, oh, I've got to go and run three hours today and you've got to do that quite a lot. Uh, yeah. my, my mental capacity, physical capacity, aside <laughs> mental capacity to to be able to do that it's not there yet but i assume yeah as you yeah. As you run more yeah, no, yeah, yeah it might take you hey well if i'm if i can get a couple of years without a bit major injury coming then i'm, I'm, I'm happy <laughs> um no i i i've had a, a back issue which i met mike and then i had ankle issues from from rugby from when I was about 20, which reared the rugby head. So finally back. Um, so, so I've got to be careful with my training. So I, I started again properly in September. And a bit, bit like yourself there, I, I was, I'm more proud of the fact that I got to the level where I could do this triathlon I did recently. That was my goal was just to get there injury-free, pain-free, and let's call it strong. The time was not important for me it was just did i manage to do it um people say oh well done or um and i'm like yeah but actually i'm really just proud that i i got there like the day before i was like yes i feel like i can do this i did do it and i feel like i could co- accomplish this without without feeling like death or injuring myself so, um, I, I understand that completely but on a slightly slightly lower level of course <laughs> um dude excellent so Suzanne, thank you very, very much for, for joining me because that was a real uh, a real pleasure. Um, where can, so you work 
in the city, but you also do personal training, I believe. And, yeah, I am. I'm qualified. I, I mainly, I mean, I've got a full time other job, so I mainly end up coaching friends. Yeah, okay. And it's great because in return, they coach me. So I've got a friend who's a Pilates trainer. Oh, lovely. So she stretching and doing online classes with her. So it all kind of works rather well mm-hmm. in, in exchange for a few tips on running and a few do's and don'ts. And, and you're, you know, sometimes you're you're doing speaking and talking events. Um, and yeah, I've done, done plenty of that. I really enjoyed, um, we have some great, the running show over here. Yeah. Um, there and spoken, and it's brilliant. And what is, I'm really encouraged to see there's so many more women running mm-hmm. than they used to be. Um, like they used to feel, you know, they're quite sort of male dominated events. Um, but now you get loads of women and women actually want to talk to women about running. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, you know we're, all, we're built specifically and whatever and so um yeah i always really enjoy that yeah I'm, i i tell you something i've noticed recently actually is um for i get a lot more women runners coming as beginners to to see me or not beginners but let's call them rec- recreational runners coming to me and i think women are far more open to working hard or trying new things i think men men definitely seem to hold themselves back a little bit oh no i don't need to i don't need to work on this but see well you have to drop your pride don't you and admit yeah. that something as simple as running which you think you learn as a child and you mm. can do yeah you actually can't but mm. i've always loved the idea that you know you work with people whatever field it is that you're mm. in work with people that know more about something than you and mm. you just absorb their knowledge yeah. and everything they know I can't I've never understood why you would have a problem doing that why you'd be stubborn um and think that you know better when there's someone there who wants to coach you and help you I mean I just love yeah. like listening and absorbing new information it's just fantastic mm-hmm. but you have to be very open-minded onto that and like I say there are lots I think of so. there's all people can always help you I mean I've done a lot of work with uh, barefoot barefoot runners and 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 some of them can be very barefoot or nothing um and others can be very open to 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 everything, and, yeah. and understand that you know everything. Not everything. Everyone is for for barefoot running. Not everyone is for these uh, specifics. Uh, you just stay open, absorb, and take what you need to from from each from each camp. Yeah, I remember the fact when I signed up to the running school in 2017 for the first time. I had these insoles that had been made for me, and they they worked for a bit to level me out. But actually, they turned out when I did the hard training for my seven marathons. They turned out to be too hard for my feet. Okay. So my, you've got to take them out and just put normal insoles in again. Yeah. Now, if I'd been stubborn, I'd have gone, yeah, but I've paid, I think I paid about 300 quid for those insoles. Yeah. But, you know, once I've got through three pairs of them or something, and I'd be like, no, but I want to use these insoles. And it's like, no, if Mike tells you they're not doing you any good, take them out and just yeah. don't use them. You know, it's not, not a point of stubbornness. It's just practicalities. But it's easy, like, if you get told or you think one thing's more marvellous to stick to it, you've got to, but you've got to learn and adapt because your body does change over time as well, doesn't it? It doesn't yeah. stay the same. Exactly. Yeah. Every, every training session you do, every hour you spend sitting can can affect can affect how, how you move. And so yeah. Yeah, nothing's forever. Um, excellent. So um we can find you on Instagram at um be amazing uh PT mm-hmm. training. Yeah. And you've also got a website. Yeah, we can all be amazing.com and information about my books there. Uh, blog when I can remember when I'm not going running. <laughs> um, and you pick, you can pick up the book. I I mean I think I got it from Amazon because it was you know, the place to get it over here in Austria. Um, yeah, that's the easiest 
place to get it yeah so yeah running around the world and yeah half of it's how i trained and then the other half is the, the story of the seven races so um hopefully something there whether you're kind of you know i don't know even semi-professional or quite advanced or whether you're the amateur runner it's just hopefully a good read yeah no, I, i'm 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 a recreational runner at best and i, I thought it was i thought it was a great read um, and you know a great insight into what you had what you put yourself through <laughs> in order to do that um so thank you very very much um, um and hope we'll we'll get to meet in the flesh sometime maybe at the running school in london at some point exactly that would be fantastic i shall be keeping going in order to ensure that i run into my old age that's the thing yeah that's the dream <laughs> exactly excellent okay well thank you very much and um have a great day and enjoy your next run cheers thanks mike thanks for having me on Well, thanks again to Susanna for taking the time to talk to me today. So the warm-up, it is as important as it gets, even if you're an amateur and recreational runner, a professional, or just starting out as a beginner. It's a bit hard to um, show examples of warming up in a podcast, obviously, which is why we didn't talk real specifics. But as a recommendation, I'd say 10 minutes, do 30 seconds of exercises, 30 seconds walking, and dynamic movement, lots of dynamic movements, including skipping with lots of arm swinging, lots of backwards striding, backwards jogging, some sideways stepping and skipping, and of course, a few lengths of slightly exaggerated perfect technique, if you know what that is. In the next few days, I'll be posting on my webpage, Instagram, and Facebook, and a good example of an effective warm up um, for good technique. But the main thing is to really just write down your warm up memorize it and make it a standard for every run you do doesn't matter what it is if you do something it's better than nothing and if you make it a standard then you can start to bring in some some other good exercises that you maybe see um, in the ether in the internet in on instagram or whatever so enjoy warm up um, and please don't forget to like share follow subscribe for more podcasts and more information on effective efficient and fast running so, until next time, enjoy your next run. <laughs>